The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. Welcome to Brown Table Talk. I am DC Marshall, founder and CEO of Diverse and Engaged. I'm a DEI thought leader and a LinkedIn top voice. And I'm here with my co-host, Mita. Hey there, Mita. Hey there, D. I'm Mita Malik. I'm a LinkedIn top voice, a business leader, a mom, and now an author. My new book, Reimagine Inclusion, Debunking 13 Myths to Transform Your Workplace, is available on Amazon to pre-order right now. And so if you're new to the show, you should know this. Mita and I, we started Roundtable Talk as a place to spill the tea on the hard truths women of color face in their workplaces from my perspective as a Black woman and for Mita, her view as a South Asian woman. At our table, we unpack it all. We don't leave any juicy details out. And then at the end, we share tips not on how to survive, but how to thrive in organizations wherever you are. All right, so now we're going to jump in. Mita, what are we talking about on today's show? So I want to talk about how to build your personal brand. Dee, you and I get asked this question a lot. I know you are out and about all the time. And people ask us this a lot, and I really want to get into it. So we're going to spill some tea, share some stories, leave some tips at the end. You all know I always come with some juicy stories, as does D. So D, how to build your personal brand. And I wanted to start actually with our story, which is sidebar. I'm going to let you all into a little secret. Guess who D's favorite client of all time is? Me, 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 me. She'll never tell you that. And I'm the client that she can't get rid of. I'm still here. I'm still here. But yeah, D, do you remember... Back in the day when we first met, we've done a lot of business over the years, but you started as my executive coach. You actually started coaching my team at the time. And I want you to share with our BTT community the advice you had given me about building my brand. And then I want to respond to that. But I still have that journal. You know, I journal a lot. I still have the advice you had given me. Yep. What I remember after we had done business and you were super, you're a boss in your own right, brought diverse and engaged in for the company at the time and coached your team. And then we'd have these calls. And then of course you hired me as your executive coach. And all I remember is a strategizing on really your next level. Cause you were super bad. You were super boss. Like, but here's the deal. You are what I consider unassuming in a lot of ways offline. Some folks are just, you know, the people who you who you really want to know are the most intriguing or the most amazing or just really have a different voice and perspective and value that is far beyond what you've seen and heard is it goes under the radar. You're that person. Offline. Now, online, you're obvious. Online, oh, baby, your presence is big. Listen, if y'all don't know, Nita Malik on LinkedIn, super big. But I remember 
having a conversation about the next level and just really seeing that, you know, Mita, you really are the Olivia Pope of marketing, inclusive culture, and DEI. I just fell off my chair. That's the biggest compliment, Olivia Pope. But you know why? Because you're very strategic. And like, I feel like your gift and value is really at the intersection of a few, a few core things. From a marketing perspective, inclusive culture, DEI is your space and marketing is your space. And then storytelling is your weapon. Like, and so the one piece of advice so that it was not overwhelming is to get your voice more into the public domain and to document what's in your head onto paper. And you could do that by just sharing your thoughts internally inside the company in a structured way. On Mondays or Fridays, you could share your insights, observations as a way to download your thought leadership so that when people hear you speak or they hear what you have to offer and they run with it, they take it and they run with it, then you would have documented it. And that's the important piece of creating a brand. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it there at the most important piece. And the first piece of advice that I remember is people are using and sharing and your thought leadership, Mita. Mita, why don't you download that? You have to download it so that you can take ownership of what is yours and then share it with the world. And so, you know, I'm listen, I'm going to use all of my 20,000 words to tell this story, but that was it. It was, could it be your Monday notes, your Friday notes, and then convert it and transfer it over to LinkedIn. But for a lot of executives, they don't want to start on LinkedIn. So I said, just share with your team, you know, your notes, your observations, insights. So when they go into their presentation, they could say, you know, from Mita's notes or Mita's insights or Mita's messages, blah, 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 blah. What do you remember, my friend? What do you remember? What was the one piece of advice that I gave you that really kicked off the brand tour? I feel like in those early conversations we had, you helped me identify my superpower or my weapon, as you call it, which is storytelling. And so when you think about how you build leadership brand, you are a natural born orator and you love speaking where I would rather have five book deals than a TED Talk, but I'll take the TED Talk too. But you know what I mean? We've talked about this. Like we, we all have different strengths. And so you had said to really lean in that, on that strength. And you had said to use your voice in the written form. Use it internally, use it externally. And that's not to say that I wasn't speaking up nor, of course, I should be using my voice. But you were saying to really lean in to the thing that I enjoyed and that was my strength as I was building my leadership brand. The other thing I want to say, and this I know you get approached a lot about, on how to build your leadership brand. What do you do? What do you start? Why is it important? I will tell you, and you're one of the probably five people in my life that know this, the reason that I will forever and always continue to lean in and build my brand is because I am scared of being stuck in another toxic work situation. And it comes from fear. Because you know, and some of my closest circle knows, really painful time in my career where I just lost pieces of myself. And as I was losing pieces of myself, I didn't have the confidence to interview. I mean, it was just, it was like the spiral. And I've talked about this publicly before. And so it was at that time we started coaching. At that time, these things were happening at work. And then 
now I think to myself, wow, as you had said to me, you want to be tapped for jobs. You don't want to be at your level pushing the resume in. No, your brand is big enough that people tap you, but I have built that over the years. And you had helped me see that. And now you're tapped. I mean, you contribute to Harvard Business Review and other media pubs. You have book, you know, a major publishing deal, right? A podcast that's sponsored by LinkedIn. And so this is the evidence or the receipts or the results or the, you know, the harvest for the seeds of branding. But I want to go back and... I love that you shared your why. So for executives or professionals, women, everybody listening in right now, why do you need a brand? So Mita says, you know, I don't want to be stuck in a job. I don't want to be in a toxic workplace. And so when you have a brand or you build your brand, you have more leverage. You don't have to be stuck. But I would also add to why do you need a brand and to really lean in and build your own personal brand It's to get a job, keep a job, and advance in the job. Mm, Yes. Take notes, everyone. Take notes. This is the course. As I'm in my head, I'm like, I created this course and it's on browntabletalkpodcast.com. It's not there yet, everybody, because I have my own resistance and challenges there. But imagine with me that you're going to go over there and take the course. And in the course, in this branding course... It's why, it's what is your why? It's either you no longer want to work in a toxic workplace or I would say in the course, get a job, keep a job, advance in a job. I used to teach this course. I love that. The other I is, what, yeah, in fact, Mita, you're in that course. Do you ever remember me telling you this? Like, I think oh, I went yes. to- Oh my God. Yes, you're, if I pull up the slide, everybody, you know what? Mita, there is a slide with your face on it and your- LinkedIn profile. And I used you as a high-level executive, C-suite, you know, and how it is that you respectfully created a brand. I've, I use that. But the other piece of it is, what do you have? Like, so you build a brand with what, do you, what you have and what you love and what you're good at and what your natural passion is. And so it's not just a weapon. Let's use, let's, I'll give you other language for this. It is your play card or the force multiplier. Write that down, everybody. Write it down. It's not just a weapon. It's either your play card, right? I think I learned that from Phyllis Newhouse would say play card. And the late Colin Powell would say, it's it's whatever is your force multiplier. Ooh. Well, I like, I like superpower too. I say superpower. Force multiplier. I like superpower, but force force multiplier. That's a good one. Take notes, y'all. Can I ask you though, because you do a lot of events, you're out and about a lot more than I am. I'm always tracking you, friend, on Instagram, living my life through you. You get approached by a lot of women, DDD. How do I build my leadership brand in particular women of color? What do you think stops or scares us from starting? Now, let me tell you, my why was from a place of fear. Because I realized I needed to show the world my expertise. Now that why has changed. Now it's because you and I started this podcast because so many women of color reach out to us one-on-one and so many leaders and we don't just don't have time. So we wanted to scale these conversations and offer them to the world. So our why definitely changes. But what scares when you see women of color and they're coming up to you? Like, what do you think? Where's the fear? What's the fear? Yeah, I think there's one part of the fear. It comes from a lack of 
confidence in what I have to offer the world is valuable. I think that's one part of it. What I, it's a fear and a concern of, do I have something that I should be putting out there? And so there's a fear around if I put something out there, like what exactly it? So I think there's something caught up in that. Also fear of what other people think about you, right? There's also for professional leaders, women leaders and women of color, Black women, it's also the fear and the concern about your colleagues, coworkers, and your, you know, your employer. And let me say this, here's why. And I know most of you, you'll get this. If ever you go over to a profile, social profile, and you see this disclaimer, my opinions are my own, that's because people are having to manage the fear of being, doing and saying something, which is, has to do with the branding, doing or saying or being something that might be in conflict with their employer. And so that is also some of the fear or managing around or managing or conflicting against this, this if I put out a personal brand, I'm afraid of, wait, what do I need to do with my employer? How's my employer going to perceive it? And do I have permission? But I have to say, because, you know, I've run employer brand in my past life. And at one company, you know, I did this, the top 100 execs, I got them all on LinkedIn, got their headshots, did one-on-one tutorial sessions, because guess what? If you're the head of supply chain and that's your brand and you're talking about supply chain externally, that's amazing for the company. What am I scared of? And so that's what people don't get the disconnect. But I get, and I do think it is about, as you would say, sometimes keeping women of color in check when their brand is getting too big. Let me tell you, this is interesting. I want to tell you the sort of the, this is what people are thinking, the blowback we might receive sometimes for our brand. So I'm going to share this story. Couldn't wait to share this with Dee. Was waiting for all of you, of course. So I recently meet with a white man who I'm introduced to through friends. He's interested in my book. And unlike our Why Did They Ghost Us episode, go back and listen to that, this gentleman actually follows through on the promise to support my books, which is great. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tomer Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were, we were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, we'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. and so. 
We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. But what's interesting is in this conversation, at the beginning, he says, wow, your brand is everywhere. I mean, you were like everywhere. Thank you. Yes. But then at the end, he says, I'm just so impressed by you. You're so articulate. I'm so impressed by you. He did not say articulate. He did say that. And I was like, oh, but, oh, darn it. <laughs> but it was this weird, like, cutting compliment. I couldn't put my finger on it because he was so supportive and he has, is supporting me personally, purchasing books and all that. So I, I always, as you know, we show people kindness and grace, but it bothered me and the comments about my brand. And I was like, huh. And I just said, well, thank you very much. And I ended the call because you know what? Sometimes we don't have the mental energy to actually educate in the moment. And I was like, I no, I'm not going to have this discussion today. I got to go get some more coffee. Yeah. And so, you know, what's interesting about that is his response, like, I'm so impressed by you. I'm not here to save the WBs, even though I've got lots of WB friends that, you know, in fact, I actually, I did step into, uh, there's a whole nother conversation as a sidebar. I did have a conversation with one of my WB friends uh, a couple weeks ago, and I did have a, not a save, but like, a, I, I had to throw him a life vest, like, dude, bro, come out. Like, I had to coach him on what was happening in corporate. It's my WB friend. Who I, he's, he's becoming a great, a great friend. But anyway, let me come back. I digress. I do think when the gentleman said to you, I'm so impressed, I think some of it is, for us, it's offensive, right? Articulate and such. Some of it is low-grade microaggression, but some of it is blind spot and some of it is people, yeah, I think it's, I think on this one, it's blind spot, it's people either don't have language or don't have access to other people who are super bad like you. So he is impressed. Like he doesn't he doesn't really know what just hit him. Baby, it's the Mika tsunami. So I do think so. I'm telling you. Sometimes it's low grade micro. Yeah. But it, that's what I thought. Right? No, this one, I feel like it's when people have you ever met someone, you're just in awe. Because really the language was I'm just in I'm I'm super intrigued. I'm in awe versus you're articulate and I'm impressed. It's almost like the words like I'm proud of you is sometimes depending on like that's also a word. We haven't talked about that, but we probably should. Like there's something about that. We should. Yes, there's something. But you know what? I want to bring in our allies into this conversation because here's the thing. I was triggered by what he said and I chose kindness and I didn't respond to it. But here's what you have to know about why we do this podcast is because that has been a lifetime accumulation of the you're so articulate, I'm impressed. How did you do that? How are you killing it? It is not this one conversation that I'm upset about. It's that it's been happening to me for most of my career. And so like Dee said, it was probably a blind spot and he was in awe. I could have chose to flip the table, which I did in my head. I didn't do that on the call. 
and I ended it gracefully. But that's why I'm triggered by it because it's not. It won't be the first and last time. So I want people to understand why I'm bringing this up. This is good. That's a good story. He was intrigued by the brand, which we go back to branding, right? You need a brand. Brands pull people in. It actually, it increases your unique serving proposition. It increases your visibility. You are there. People see you, but they don't see you until you then step out of the box and the bubble that is your workplace and you lean into your brand, into what you have. That's when people see you. You amplify your visibility when, again, you may know or a thousand people in your workplace or in your community, they know you, you know them. They No, not until you have your own personal brand that is detached from your employer, that you increase your value proposition and, and people have to see you. Oh, now. That's why, Mita, that's why people, you know, you've been disrupting people's spirits for a minute here. <laughs> because we were like, wait, how does she do this? She has a whole corporate job. Why does she get to write for Harvard? And by the way, a shameless uh, or a point of personal privilege friend, who else do you write for? Because I always say Harvard. I know it's other people like Harvard Business Review, Fast Company, Adweek, Entrepreneur. There you go. But here's the thing. What does that mean? What does that mean? I stopped Netflix binging. I don't drink as much anymore. I'm not aimlessly scrolling on my phone for stuff I don't need. You make priority for the things that you care about. And this is important to me. Friends, family, my job, and my writing. So you make priority for the things that are important. So when people are like, how do you have time to do that? And I'm like, how do you not have time to focus on your dreams? How are you not finding the time to do that? Right? So can we go back to... How are some, let's give our listeners some practical tips on how you can build your brand. So I'm going to start with writing and maybe you can do the speaking piece. But let's say you want to, as Dia advised me, really lean into writing and storytelling. Okay, you can get on social media today. You can do LinkedIn, which we love. Hello, LinkedIn Podcast Network. You can do Instagram. You can do threads. You can do X, formerly known as Twitter. I'll leave that there, right? Start posting slowly, right? And, and a friend recently asked me to look at her last three posts on LinkedIn. And I said, listen, they're all great. You just have to be consistent. You have to do it consistently. You have to find a routine. So it's two days a week, three days a week. Just do it and start. There's no such thing as a bad post. You're the only one replaying it in your head. If it doesn't do well, that's fine. Sometimes people tag me. If you tag me and I'll see it, I'll go comment. I try to do that for the community, right? So other people see it. D and I will do that. So do that. You have LinkedIn newsletter. You have LinkedIn blogs. You could start your own Medium channel. Substack. There are so many ways to get your content out there. Maybe there's a newsletter that you admire. You could ask to see if you could contribute to that and start pitching for pieces, spaces and places. And then back to what D said, Documenting your ideas internally at work will provide inspiration for external, which is what happens for me. So whether that's making sure Dex, Slack, follow-up notes, most companies have an internet, they have a newsletter. Also, your company, Carta, so kind, they want to promote my book on their social media channels. So there's interesting ways, right? 
you could think about that as well. So anyways, I'll pause there. But the writing piece, there's so many ways to get started. If that's how you want to start building your leadership brand, I can find you 10 different ways to just start today. But what about like, if you are interested in speaking deep, how do you start there? Yeah. You know, I think one of the ways when I started long, long, long time ago, it was in the nonprofit space. Somebody asked me to speak. So I think what folks can do here listening is professional organizations, professional associations, volunteer, community-based organizations, volunteer to speak, but volunteer, and actually I'm going to retract that and say, don't volunteer to speak, volunteer to add value. So if you see a gap or a need, you know, ask the question, are you addressing this area or this specific, you know, emerging trend or hot topic? And that is a way then to speak in spaces or begin speaking in spaces. It is really making sure that your goal is not to speak. Your goal, in fact, let me back up and just say for all of branding, your goal is not necessarily or first to amplify. Your first goal is to hone in on what is the value that you bring? What is the subject matter expert expertise that you know or the voice that you have that you want to get out into the public domain? So that is first, your subject matter expertise. Get clarity on who do you want to be a hero to or what is it that you know better than anybody else, right? That helps you to just really hone in on what are you talking about and to whom? And then how do you get the opportunity to speak, you could always, again, volunteer to add value. So it's a topic, it's a theme. So, hey, if it's a professional organization, just ask the question, are you talking about, I don't know, look, toxic work environments or whatever it is that is your thing, ask that question and then offer, you know, I'd be happy to support or to talk if you have a panel or, you know, if you're going to have a conversation, you know, I'd be happy to add or contribute in that regard. So I think those are the ways, or that is one way to get the speaking opportunity. And then the second way is to build your own stages, right? To build your own stages. So I have a conference, it's over 10 years. So as soon as you build your own stage or build your own room and you're on the stage speaking, whether there's 10 people in the room or a thousand people in the room or five people or 500 people, you're on a stage and you're already speaking. And what it does is it naturally attracts other people to inquire about you speaking. So that's the second is to build your own stages, build your own brands. I'm a serial curator. I say serial curator versus serial entrepreneur because I sorted this out some time ago because I think it's not, it wasn't helpful for me to have, or I don't think for many of us to have lots of different businesses, but you can under your entire brand umbrella. So under the DC Marshall umbrella, there are several brands and now they all align under diverse and engaged. So there's DNI Honors, there's Scale Black, there is Utopia brand. All of them align with the work, whether it's leadership development and diversity and inclusion. So I think it's volunteer. I think it's just start speaking, create your own stages. Um, what's the equivalent of creating your own stages today is creating your own vlog, your own podcast, your own YouTube channel, your own TikTok. Those are all of the other iterations of just start speaking on the platform. So if it's live, again, social, 
in fact, that is the biggest, I think, I think the, the greatest opportunity for speaking right now is to just create your own so that then you can get out there, you can attract more opportunities. So again, I think you said this already, it's pick your platform, wherever your people are gathered. So if it's LinkedIn, start talking on LinkedIn. If it's YouTube, go on over to YouTube and start your own channel. If it's a podcast, I have seen people grow like crazy. If it's TikTok, let me tell you something. I'm obsessed with the content that comes out of the geniuses over at TikTok. So, hey, TikTokers, if you're over here at uh, this podcast, let me tell you something. I adore y'all. You, the content, the value that you have is, is super sweet. So that is how I think you just start the speaking. I get invitations now, you know, because I ask questions. I ask questions and then people will just say, hey, do you take speaking engagements? Still? I mean, that just happened to me in the last month. Somebody wants me to register for a conference. I'm not likely to attend any conferences because I speak at way too many conferences or I'm either there speaking or I'm there because it's a business conference. It's because my clients are there, the fortunes are there. You start talking, Mita, people are going to invite you. Yes, I love that. I wanted to share this idea that you just shared about building your own stages, you can do that for writing. Did I ever tell you, Dee, I don't know if I shared this at our table yet, but when I used to run the chapstick business, I started my own beauty trends newsletter. This thing I started, it was probably a mailing list of five and then it went to like 250. And every month I would put together a little PDF of the trends I was seeing and, you know, scan some things I was reading in the beauty pubs and just my thoughts. And I just started it because one of the things was that I, as you all know, took a long time to find my voice. I would always leave meetings and be like, oh, I wish I had said that. Oh, why didn't I raise my hand? And then I started to say, okay, well, I'm going to get better at that. And I'm going to start to document some of this stuff, D. And so then I would start doing this monthly and it took off. And people would forward it around and say, oh, can I get added to your your monthly newsletter? And so think about that too. No one gave, I just did it. I didn't ask for permission, Dee. I just started it and did it in my company. I love that. See, you were already doing this. You never told me that. Yeah, but then I, I did that. But then I lost it for a little bit. I needed you to, that was a long time ago. I needed you to help me find my way back. See, it was already there. But that's why you now, like, you write like nobody's business. You storytell like nobody's business. It, it, it was always there. I wrote a newsletter. I'll say the last thing before we have to go to tips now. It, this just reminded me of actually, how did I get like the first big speaking engagement? It was Essence Magazine. It was because of a newsletter. I had this newsletter. It was called The D Factor. It was. And, you know, one day I got a call. I got a call for a television show. And then I got a call for, no, it was in reverse. I got a call to do Essence, Women Who Are Shaping the World. It was a conference in New York City. And then I did that. And then the next year I got a call for a television show. That's a whole nother episode. Because again, at the time I was still working on Wall Street and then I was a coach. I started my coaching practice. So there you go. So it's the newsletter. Everybody write the newsletter, brand it and get it out there. Get in the workplace. Okay, let's pause for tips. Okay, friend, we're going to have to do a part two because I think we could have talked for a while on brand. I felt the same way. I did. So I'm going to jump in 
with tip number one, but I definitely felt like, oh, there's so much more. And so everybody follow and go over to browntabletalkpodcast.com and let's just say, we'll see what we can do here about this workshop. But for now, tip number one is identify your subject matter expertise. So that's tip number one. And remember, just think about who do you want to be a hero to and what do you want to be known for? Do you see that? That's why I got to do the course. That's why I'm, okay, let's go on. Tip number two, tip number two, build your own stages. And we mean literal, so it might be live, remember, or anywhere on social is a stage. Everywhere on social is your own platform. All right. And then over to you, Mita, for tip number three. Tip number three, DC Marshall, Mita Malik, we are not overnight successes, friends. We have put a lot of hard work and time into building our brands. Don't give up. Keep at it. It's the small wins that lead to the big wins. And D, I just, I want to, I want you to bring that course back so my face can be back up on that slide. Yeah. Okay. So look for D's course. I'll make a guest appearance as a guest speaker there. You're doing it. Well, thank you all for being here. We love you all, Brown Table Talk community, LinkedIn Podcast Network. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please share it with someone who needs to hear it today. Please go ahead and provide a review, subscribe, and we will see you all next time. Side effects of listening to Brown Table Talk may include allies unleashed, getting paid more, and a dose of badassery all the way around. More at www.browntabletalkpodcast.com.